go ahead and get started. Good to see everybody out this morning. Let's all stand. And uh, let's have Brother Clay Haynes go ahead and start us off in a word of prayer. All right, page 265. I was singing Oh, <laughs> 
comes down. We'll do that chorus one more time. Let's go that course one more time. I've been blessed, God's so good to me. Precious are His thoughts of you and me. No way I could count them. There's not enough time. So I'll just thank Him for being so kind. God has been here. Uh, August 26th, uh, remember Next Generation is going to the Stripers game. Uh, Sign-up sheet's not out there, but if you're still interested, uh, get with Josh Jackson and, uh, and he can go over that with you. 
Uh, September 23rd, got a ladies meeting at 10 a.m. in the fellowship hall. Uh, so uh, remember that. Uh, September the 29th, we got a ladies night out with purposeful, purpose, I can't say it, purposeful women of God at Ta uh, Talmo Baptist Church at 7 p.m. I believe that's a sign-up sheet out there for that. Okay, there's a sign-up sheet out there for that. Uh, remember, uh, next Sunday uh, and next Wednesday, we're going to have uh, Brother Casey Kerr back in here uh, for uh, both Sunday morning and Sunday night. And the following Sunday uh, and Wednesday, we're going to have Brother Scotty Baker back in with us as well. Uh, so remember that, please. And uh, pray for Brother, Brother Cody uh, this morning. All right. Thank you very much.
fill her back in with us. Brother Cody, come on up. Once you come one time, you no stranger no more. So uh, we need some smiles out there. Y'all look like y'all about to sleep or something. So why are you preaching? Act like you enjoy it. <laughs> I'm just glad I got a cup with a lid this time. I, uh, I was nervous the whole time last time I and there ain't no way to come back from that. So thank you for the bottle with the lid. But <laughs> my nerves. Uh, thank you, choir. Thank you for that good singing, Miss Brooke and Miss Megan. Uh, I know I said it last time, but I mean it. I meant what I said. Y'all's, y'all's choir is a blessing. It really is. Uh, y'all was singing that God's been good. And whew, man, I tell you, whew, God's been good to this old boy. <laughs> Got thinking back of that song, and I got looking back at mine and Miss Brooks' life, and that song has just been everywhere around us, everywhere we've went. I can remember, uh, I can remember we were at a little church in Flowery Branch, and got down to just nearly no people, and I can remember Brooke just singing that song by herself, and God's been good, and I never would have known God was going to have in my life one day. Uh, and I got thinking of all the stuff and the trials and the tribulations and all the heartache and all the pain that we've been through. But through every slap bit of that, I can tell you that God's been good in my life. Uh, I'd just like to thank him this morning for all he's done. But uh, if you got your Bibles today, got your Bibles today, we're going to be in Daniel, Daniel chapter 3. I'll be honest with you, whenever uh, when I was asked to come... A couple weeks ago, uh, Brother Chris messaged me and asked me if I was available today. I was pretty sure where God was going to have us be this morning. I don't know any of you preachers, if you've ever thought you had figured out what God wanted you to do. I don't know if God's ever changed anything in your, in your for you at the last minute. But about 10 o'clock last night, Brother May, God said, you're not preaching what you've been studying for the last two weeks. Uh, you're going to preach in the book of Daniel instead. And the devil's been on me already this morning. I'm thankful that we don't have to look for a sign. Aren't y'all? Aren't y'all thankful that his word is true and his word just tells us how it is? And I ain't got to look for a cloud to float over my head and I ain't got to look for any mystical thing to happen in my life. But God's word is true. But for those of y'all that do know me, I mean, I guess everybody kind of knows me now, but I love biblical numerology. It's one of my favorite things, which is really funny because I was the worst student in math in high school. Who would have ever thought? But now I know biblical numerology bores people sometimes, and I get it. But I was going to preach this morning in John chapter 13. And uh, this, uh, I didn't realize today was the 13th day. And when we filled up the church van this morning before I delivered it back to the bus driver, I put $13 in it. Now, I'm glad we don't go after a sign, but the devil sure was trying to trick me. But we're going to be in Daniel chapter 3 this morning, so never mind all that. Just thought that'd be a fun story to share with y'all. But it is an honor and a privilege to be back at Merville this morning. Thank y'all for being nice to me. Thanks for being nice to my family every time that we're here. Uh, I've been in a lot of churches where people aren't so friendly. It's a, you know, it's a shame when people walk in and you have to go up to them and tell them, hey, when you're the visitor. But thank y'all for not being that way. Uh, been in a lot of good churches. I ain't saying bad churches with good people, but it's a friendly church is getting harder and harder to find. I've come to come to find out. But uh, thank y'all. Thank y'all for having us. I don't take it lightly. 
We're going to be in Daniel chapter 3. We'll start in verse 1 this morning. In verse 1. The Bible says, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Uh, then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, sent to gather together the princes, the governors, uh, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. The, then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together under the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you is, is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And whoso falleth not down in worship, the same hour be cast into the midst of a fiery, in the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people and nations and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. Uh, this is a message for another time, but there's a reason why these instruments keep getting brought up over and over and over again. And I'd love to preach that, but that's not what we're doing this morning. Uh, thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worship that he should be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up. And we'll stop right there for now. I'm, I'm sure we'll get a little bit further in there, but that's probably a good stopping point. Uh, this, uh, let's pray before we go any further. The most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, God, Lord, we thank you today for all that you do. God, I thank you for these people, God. I thank you for your spirit, God, that's been with us already this morning. And God, we want to invite you to stay through the preaching hour, God. I pray that you use me to help somebody. God, help me help somebody this morning. Uh, God, we want, to, we want you to stay, God. We want to feel your presence, Lord. We want you to show up and show out because, uh, God, if it's just me standing up here this morning, we would have done better off just to stay at home. 
home. Uh, God, but we, we're expecting you to do good, big things this morning. Uh, God, I pray you change somebody's life. God, I pray if somebody's lost, that today be the day of salvation for them. Uh, God, if there's one here that's gone astray, Lord, uh, I pray that today is the day you bring them back to the fold uh, and change their life for the better forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, probably one of the most familiar stories in your Bible. Uh, everybody knows about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, or uh, Hananiah, Meshach, and Azariah, their God-given names. Uh, and uh, we, we know that in, in this story, we didn't read that far, but everybody knows that they stood against the world. They got thrown into a burning, fiery furnace, and God got them out of there. Uh, and uh, what a great story and what a great thing that that is. And we saw that God helped them through that. Uh, but can I say, I don't think that's the only time that God helped these three out. Uh, God was in their life from the very beginning. And I want to look at some different times that we see some help from the Son of God in their lives. Uh, you remember back in chapter 1... Uh, Back in Daniel chapter 1, uh, whenever Nebuchadnezzar had uh, come and besieged, uh, had come and besieged the land of, uh, of Jerusalem and uh, he had took the treasures that were in the house of God uh, and he took them out of the house of God and brought them back into their temple uh, where their false gods were set up and uh, wicked things were going on. How sad it would be to have the treasures of God's house brought into those places. Uh, can I tell you today, we're watching the treasures of God's house be drug all through this world in the mud. Uh, nothing is sacred anymore. Uh, we have saw it torn up and tarnished. Uh, the Bible means nothing to most people anymore. There's 3,700 different versions of it. Uh, so there was a, there's a boy in my class in the Sunday school class. Well, it was actually Wednesday night. He come up to me, he said, Brother Cody, he says, you're not going to believe what I seen at school last week. Now, they just started back. He said, somebody had brought a different Bible. I said, well, what did they bring? And he said, it was called the Queen James Bible. You use your imagination of what group of people that it was uh, set out for and who it is that they're trying to attract and whose ears that they're trying to tickle. You say, Brother Cody, what's that got to do with it? Uh, I'm saying the Word of God is being drugged through the mud. Uh, it's, not just a, it's not just these and thous and, and stuff like that being taken out anymore. I'm talking it's absolute blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. It ought to make us absolutely mad. We ought to, I mean, it, we ought to make us fighting mad, brother. I mean, we ought to, I mean, we ought to be, we ought to be so enraged. We left right now and went marching through the streets. Uh, but we're here in the house of God this morning, so let's see what God's got for us. Uh, but how sad it is, and not only did they take the, not only did Nebuchadnezzar come and take these vessels, but what was he after? He wanted, some, he wanted the children. Of those that were already killed off or already to bring them back and he wanted to train them up and wanted to indoctrinate them uh, and wanted them to drop the God that they served where they would now at that point only serve the gods of Nebuchadnezzar uh, and how sad that it is uh, and not only should it make us mad that they're taking the things of God but I'm going to tell you church we ought to be sick and tired of uh, our kids being indoctrinated by the things of this world uh, and the stuff that I used to deal with was pretty bad brother Freddie uh, I've only been alive for 32 
years, but these generations that are coming up now, they don't stand a chance. They don't stand a chance. I'm telling you, any of y'all, I mean, there's kids in here, and but I know these are church kids, and we've been raised up around these things, but have y'all ever tried to have a conversation with a child, a teenager today, outside of the house of God? It is the saddest thing. It's sad. I mean, sure, there's comical things, and we can laugh and cut up, and I mean, I, I'm the same way. I pick on the kids in my class all the time. If I didn't pick on them, I wouldn't love them. But it's sad the state that our kids are in. There's, you don't, it, it, it's very few that we find, we find anybody anymore. But that's what the devil wants to do. The devil wants to get them young so he, can, so he can indoctrinate them. So by the time that they're grown, they're perfect servants of the devil. And unbeknownst to them, uh, this isn't a new idea. We, we just seen it right here in chapter 1. You see where it says, The king spake to Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes. It said, Children in whom was no blemish, but well favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge. And understanding science that, I mean, we're talking about good, smart kids right here uh, that are growing up uh, believing blasphemous things uh, that are being taught in our school systems today, uh, that are being taught on our cartoons today, that are being taught on every channel. I'm going to tell you, it's hard to have a kid with a tablet. Now look, every one of our kids have tablets. My kid has a, my kid has a tablet. He don't know how to turn it on. But I mean, if you turn your back for two seconds... All it takes is a commercial coming up. My son said something the other day. I don't even really remember what it was, but I remember me and Brooke turned around and said, where did you hear something like that? Where did that come from? I mean, we monitor everything he watches, don't we, Miss Brooke? Where is Brooke? There she is. I see her. Got lost in the crowd over there. She's short, y'all. Pray for her. But, I mean, all the time he'll be saying stuff and thinking, where did that even come from? You turn your back for a half a second, the world... The devil's trying to seep in in every little crevice that he can. And if you give him an inch, he will take a mile every single time. But God provided for them here. God gave them a Daniel. Yeah. God gave them a Daniel. Thank God there was a Daniel that had purposed in his heart. and He had led the way for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You remember that in, the, in chapter 1, Daniel, when Daniel gets taken up... Uh, if he had a pretty rough start. I mean, Daniel didn't have a whole lot going for him. They took his mama and daddy was gone. We don't ever hear them mentioned. If they weren't killed, they were probably in slavery. Uh, he was made a eunuch. Uh, he had to do all these things and it absolutely pulled him out of the life that he was living and changed it forever. Changed it forever. But Daniel had purpose in his heart that no matter how hard that Nebuchadnezzar was fighting against him, uh, and no, uh, no matter how bad Nebuchadnezzar was trying to get him to drop everything that he had ever known, uh, God, uh, Daniel had purpose in his heart. And because Daniel purposed in his heart, uh, he was the example for Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And they had somebody to look to and had somebody to see. I, I'm a firm believer that Daniel was the brains behind that operation when it comes to them boys. Uh, and they saw Daniel pull 
through and they saw Daniel take a stand and they saw Daniel refuse to eat the king's meat and drink the king's wine and they saw how God blessed him so they said hey I want some of that kids you better find yourself a Daniel somewhere in your life whether it be your mama and daddy whether it be a grandparent whether it be a preacher whether it be a song leader whether it be another kid that you know that's striving to live for the Lord you better find a Daniel Parents, we better be a Daniel. Because if we don't show them how, who's going to? If we don't show them, who's going to do it? I promise you the public school system won't do it. The government's not going to do it. I would say 90% of churches aren't going to do it anymore, Brother May. It's getting harder to find a good church anymore. Uh, you better be thankful for what you've got this morning. Uh, and my heart, my heart is, uh, is out for y'all. And uh, I'm looking for God to do something special for Merville Baptist Church. And I'm, I'm looking for y'all to grow and to strive and, uh, and, to be, and, to, and to keep on being a powerhouse in Merville, Georgia. But it's going to take a Daniel. God provided a better way. He kept them safe. Could have been killed, could have been left to die, but God was with them all the way. Young person, older person, whoever that you might be, everything in your life that you've got going for you this morning is because God provided a way. I think we get so stuck on the furnace part of this story, we forget how God showed up in their life time and time again. I'm thankful that God didn't just show up in my life the day that I got saved, Brother May. God was in my life from the very beginning. God, uh, God let me be uh, raised in an independent fundamental premillennial church where I could hear the gospel preached. Uh, God let me go to a Christian school where the Bible was one of my textbooks. Well, that's mind-blowing to think of today. You can probably get kicked out of school taking a Bible in now. I don't know. I don't go to school anymore. It's been a while. But God provided things for me and set things for me that were going to help me when I got older. I'll be honest with you. I didn't see it when I was a kid. There was nothing hard other than algebra. The hardest thing for me to do was to memorize a Bible verse. That was one of my homework. We had to memorize a verse every month. And in my brain, I'm thinking, how am I ever going to remember three verses without looking down at this page? And I can remember procrastinating to the very last minute and telling my mom on the way to school, say, hey, I got supposed to remember this verse. What do you mean you're supposed to remember this verse? And we'd repeat it all the way to school that morning. It's a wonder that I graduated. God provided a way. God helped me. And I didn't understand the importance of it back then, Brother May. I didn't understand. I didn't want to go. I, I wanted to go to public school. I wanted to do all these things that the other kids done. And I thought that I was missing out. But little did I know that God was preparing a way for me. Uh, and God put his arms of love around my life and protected me uh, from the wicked things of this world uh, because he knew that one day he was going to use me uh, and I could have tarnished every bit of it, brother. Uh, I could have messed it all up back then, but God already knew and God was already looking out for Cody Miller. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. And I'm sure you can look in your life and you can see where God's hand, that, that unseen hand that just is all over our lives. I, hey, being, getting saved was the best day of my life. But boy, the mercy that he had on me before I ever got to that point. Uh, it's just as sweet, brother, to look back and think of it. Uh, it it's just as sweet as the day that I got saved. The devil wants us to think that we don't stand a chance. 
He wants you to think, you know, well, if my kids do all this, if I send my kids to school and they live that way, they're going to get made fun of. And, you know, they walk in there with their Bible, they're going to get beat up. They're going to get, uh, they're going to get uh, picked on. And I'm going to tell you, they probably are. It's true. It's probably going to happen. Uh, but I'm going to tell you that the devil wants us to think that it's not possible. But in verse 20 in chapter 1, not only is it possible... Not only is it possible, verse 20 said, And in all matters of wisdom and understanding, that the king inquired of them, just talking about these Hebrews here, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. Not only is it possible, you can thrive living a Christian life in the world that we live in today. devil wants us to think it's impossible. Well, if I go and, man, if I try to hand out a track at work, I'll get fired. You can't do all that stuff. And I'm, you, know, you really can't. I mean, it's crazy. But I'm going to tell you, you don't think God's bigger than that. God's bigger than that. There's a lost and a dying world out there. And if we don't do something, you say, if we're not going to show them and we're not going to tell them and we're not going to live Christ-like, who are they going to learn it from? Who are they going to learn it from? You can be a Christian in the world that we live in. And according to chapter 1 verse 20, not only can you be a Christian, you can be favored. You can be favored. God will provide a way. Hey, number one, we saw that He took care of them as kids. Not only did He take care of them as kids, but he, when they got on older in their days, He helped them take a stand. He helped them take a stand. It's probably one of the best and greatest scenes in your Bible that you can use in it as an example of taking a stand for God. I mean, what a better way than to not bow down to the world, right? I mean, that's about as best preaching as you can find in your Bible to preach to somebody on taking a stand. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's, you have to explain the benefits of standing and going against the world, but if I was going to have to explain those benefits, this is where I would take you. It's the book of Daniel chapter 3. I can tell you this morning that is the short time that I've been in the ministry, when did God call me to preach, Miss Brooke? Let's see. That's how long it's been. I don't remember. I got saved in 2009, 2011. She's my personal rememberer. She remembers all the stuff that I can't. But in two, since 2011, brother, I've had to take some stands. I've had to take some stands. Uh, I've had to take some stands against the world. Uh, I've had to take, take some stands in different workplaces. Uh, I've had to, and no, I'm not talking about any immediate family, my in-laws and my parents and my brother-in-laws here, but I've had to take some stand against some family. You say, that's hard to do. Hey, there's certain things that I can't do. You say, what do you mean? Well, this, let's use a non, uh, let's use something that's not real bad, but y'all ever notice... I'm not talking about them over there. They're, they're taking me to eat after this. I'm just kidding. But isn't it funny how family reunions and everybody always wants to get together about the time church starts? Well, hey, we're doing this on, we're going to do this on Sunday and we want all y'all to be there. Well, you know, you know I'm not. I had to get over that a long time ago. There's always something goes on on Sunday. And even if it's on Sunday after church and in between, there's three different... Y'all have Thanksgiving in a Christian home and you've got to be to 15 different houses somewhere between morning service and night service. Hey, it's stressful being a Christian these days, but God will help you take that stand. I know that's a comical one, but I think we've probably all been there at some point in our life. But take as, I've had to take some stands in churches. 
Don't misunderstand me. I don't think any of us, if we sat down and we gave every, every thought that we have on the Word of God, I don't think none of us would agree on absolutely everything. But the things that matter, we agree on, right? I mean, I could, I mean, me and Brother Freddie, we're good friends. I like Brother Freddie. But I bet if we sat down long enough, we would find something that we had a difference of opinion on. Now, it ain't salvation, it ain't Jesus, and it ain't none of, it ain't none of the doctrine. But, I mean, we might, I mean, I might like, I don't know, I might like a white shirt, and he might like a blue shirt. He likes an orange shirt. I don't think I've ever seen him wear another color than orange. That's the only shirt he owns. He got about 100 different orange shirts that he puts on rotation. But there's some things I've had to take stands against is what I'm trying to tell you. I've, had to take, I've decided to take a stand on this King James Bible. Amen. It don't seem like many people's taking a stand on this King James Bible anymore. Uh, I've decided to take a stand on this book uh, and, and repentance and the blood. Uh, I've decided to take a stand with, uh, with the Baptist church. You say, Brother Cody, what do you mean? Uh, uh, that's just a denomination. Well, we are Baptist, aren't we? I'm going to tell you, I'm not a Baptist, Baptist because of denomination. I'm a Baptist because of the doctrine. I believe the King James Bible and I believe if you study your King James Bible and you study enough doctrine uh, you will see where you will see that it is the only thing that lines up uh, and you're going to have to take a stand against this other stuff and all these things that are trying to creep in from every different side uh, if we don't take a stand against something we're going to fall we're going to fall the church is in bad shape. Now, I'm not talking about Marvel's in bad shape, but the church as a whole, we're in bad shape. The church is not what it was 30 years ago. The church ain't what it was 10 years ago. We better start taking a stand. And I promise you, if God... I, I'm telling you, these men, they stood before Nebuchadnezzar. It said, what was Nebuchadnezzar? He was full in rage and fury, I believe is how it worded it. Uh, he was full in rage and fury. I'm going to tell you, he, they made Nebuchadnezzar mad. And if you're going to learn, if you've never took a stand for anything, or if you're thinking about taking a stand for anything, you are going to make somebody mad. Go ahead and mark that down. Get over that part of it. You can't take a stand on nothing and somebody not get mad. I can promise you. And that's not even just on spiritual things. You take a stand in any, in any way, that, that's what's going to happen. But we have, you, you got, we're going to have to take a stand. And God helped these Hebrew children. God helped them. Uh, God helped them not, to, to, he saved them from that flame that they were fixing to go into. And uh, he gave them the strength and he gave them the words. And he gave them, you know, when... when Stuff like that happens. What's our mind think? Well, ain't no way I can do that. I couldn't stand up in front of Nebuchadnezzar. Um, you think of just put somebody, put a president or a king or somebody in that place and think of a time now. So I'm going to take a stand against it. Well, we all do. I think everybody takes a stand against our current government, right? But we're not at, we're not at the White House. <laughs> right? <laughs> we're going to have to take a stand. God helped them when they were kids, and God helped them take a stand when they got older. They were, uh, they were in a position to choose death or bow down to a wicked world system. Wanted them to drop their God and worship His. That's all Satan wants from us today. Satan wants us to drop our God and worship Him. Now look, there's a lot of people that falls for it. 
just because we like to think we get stuck in our head. We've watched so much television and we've seen so many movies that we think worshiping the devil means we're wearing black cloaks and hoods and we're all meeting up uh, in a parking lot somewhere around a bonfire. Does that exist? Sure it does. But I'm going to tell you, when you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping the devil. It's that simple. If the devil can get you to start questioning... Now, I'm not talking about asking God questions. I'm not one of these preachers that says, don't ever question God. I ask God why all the time. Maybe too much. God probably gets annoyed when I ask Him sometimes. But questioning the validity of God's Word. That's what He wants you to do. Is that not what He done in Genesis chapter 3? Is that not what He tried to do to Jesus when He tried to tempt Jesus? He used what? The Word of God. He's a, he, the devil, devil knows the Bible better than most Baptists do. And the devil can take these words and he can twist them and he can make you start wondering. I'm going to tell you some of the most awfulest messes I ever got myself into as a younger person was the devil would twist the word of God. And I can promise you it never ended up well for me. I, ask me how I know later. Never worked out good. But they had to make that choice. You say... You got to look at how this is set up here. I don't find it any coincidence the way Nebuchadnezzar had all this set up. You see the statue here. It was huge. Uh, it was right there in their face. Everywhere they went, you couldn't escape it because it was the biggest thing around. Is that not sin today? You can't escape. You can't escape this mess that we're in today. Everywhere you look. And It, what are you talking about? It's everything. Everything that goes against this Word of God, it's everywhere you look. There's not many surfaces. I don't know if there's any surfaces of this world that hadn't been stained by sin in some way, shape, or form. But you see, the statue was everywhere. It was in your face. Then you see the social side of it. You notice we named, those, we named that group of people several times in the verses we read. The sheriffs, the counselors, the judges, princes. I know I probably set them out of order, but all them people. Everybody that was anybody was bowing down to this statue. Everybody that is anybody is serving the devil in this world that we live in. Now, all those people were in some form of government. You say, Brother Cody, you sure are awful political this morning. I, I think all sides are corrupt. I think there ain't, there ain't nobody good in the government right now. I promise you there's not going to be somebody step out on the scenes other than Jesus that's going to fix this mess. I, I don't care what side. I don't care who you vote for. None of that matters to me. I'm not here to preach that this morning. But I'm telling you, if you're putting your trust in anybody other than Jesus himself, uh, you are following a mess to a trap. It is never going to work out. Uh, you better start looking to Jesus because uh, I tell you, these none of them people in that list is who saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from that fire. Uh, I'm not looking to the government to help me out of the mess that I'm in uh, or the things that I'm going to get into. Uh, but I've got God. Uh, I've got Jesus that I can call to. Uh, and he's been good to me thus far. Uh, he's going to be good to me to the end. Uh, you say, how do you know that? Because the Bible tells Tells me so. When Jesus was talking to the disciples, I knew I'd get in John 13 somewhere. When he was talking to the disciples, this was right before they were getting the Lord's Supper prepared. What did it say? He said he loved them 
unto the end. You say, how do you know that Jesus is going to watch out for you and protect you in this wicked world the whole time you go through it? Because He loves me unto the end. Jesus loves me, this I know for... Huh. It's almost like God's Word is true or something weird how that works out. Hey, I got something more. I got something bigger and better watching, out, watching after me. I've got a thrice holy God on my side. So you saw the statue there. You saw the, the social side of it. Oh, but wait. Said at the time they heard the sound of what? The music. Boy, don't the devil like to indoctrinate our young people and our older people and our way older people with the music that gets played into our ears. You say, what do you mean? I'm telling you, look, the hardest thing, Brother Gene, that I ever had to get out of my life was the music that I was listening to. Uh, it was not the world, it, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't the sin I was involved in, the, the, it wasn't the, the things that I was doing, but what I was letting come into my ears, whether you think so or not, uh, it is indoctrinating you uh, and it is pulling you further away from the Word of God. You say, Brother Cody, I don't like that. I didn't either. It was real hard for me to get rid of that. Real hard for me to get rid of that. You say, Brother Cody, you don't have problems with it. I ain't going to say it. Don't try to creep in every now and then. But I recognize my enemy. You say, why did they... You don't think it's funny that, we'll see, one, two, three, four, four times these instruments get brought up? Do you think it's, if, if God's, if God's going to repeat himself four times, don't you think it's something we probably ought to listen to? He's trying to warn us. He's trying to help us. I'm going to tell you, you can't, you, can't listening to, you can't listening to getting drunk and cheating and running around and keying the sides of cars and waking up married to somebody you don't know their name to and all that crazy stuff and God be pleased with it. Hey, you are what you listen to. Look, if I, listened, if I was to listen to enough rap and hip hop, I would probably start dressing a little different later on down the road. Y'all probably wouldn't call me back. <laughs> so I'm not going to. I like you guys. <laughs> you are what you, you ever heard you are what you eat? I eat a lot. I is what I eat. You are what you listen to. And the devil's using that. Now look, do you think every music in the world is bad? No, I don't, I'm not saying that. But you better be careful how the devil is trying to get into your mind. What did he do in John chapter... What, what happened to Judas? He said he got into his heart. How did he get in there? I don't know. He probably went in, their ear, in his ear somewhere. Could have been his nose. I don't know what he done. But he got into him somehow or another. And he started changing his desires and started changing his thoughts and started changing his philosophy. You say, well, Judas was already hand-picked way in the... In, in, at the dawn of time that he was going to betray. Do we not believe in a whosoever salvation? Do you, are, do you think if Judas would have repented way before that ever happened that God would have forgave him? I mean, whosoever, right? You say, well, if somebody had to betray Jesus. I think Satan would have just picked the next guy. He got into Judas's heart, changed his thoughts. You know, I think it's verse 27 in the book of John. 
where he had, he had played around with it for so long, Satan had finally entered into him. You better be careful what you let inside of you because it might just be Satan. You say, Brother Cody, what's that got to do with everything? I'm saying Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to take a stand. You say, well, it was different back then. No, it wasn't. It's in our face. It's in the music that we, have, that, that we hear around us. It's in every, it's all the social side of it. Who in here has got a Facebook? Who in here has got some sort of social media? You don't never see none of that wicked stuff on there? You say, well, I'm not friends with those kind of people. I don't care if you're friends with them or not. I get some goofy friend requests. I don't even have friends. <laughs> I tried to just have a marketplace account, but nobody takes you serious if your only friend is your wife. They won't talk to you. You can't sell nothing on Facebook. So if you get a friend request, it's real. It's, I had to start another one. But... Satan's trying to creep in. He helped them as kids when they were in bondage. He helped them not to bow to a wicked world. And thirdly, we can't forget it. We can't forget. Helped them as kids. Helped them not to bow. He helped them not to burn. This is the main help you hear taught through Daniel chapter 3. is the fact that he saved them from the flames. Friend, can I tell you, I'm glad he helped me through my childhood. I'm glad he helped me to take a stand. But I sure am glad that he helped me, saved me from the flames. Hey, if you've been saved today, if, you've, if, you, if you're saved and you've been born again, you've been saved from the flames too. You say, well, what, what, what are we talking about here? Well, let's look. It says... Uh, we'll start in uh, verse 8, 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and the form of his visage was changed because they didn't, they didn't bow down. Against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. And then these men were bound in their coats and their hosen and their hats and their other garments were cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, uh, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astoined and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did we, not, did we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. Verse 25 says, He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Uh, can I tell you that this is the same Jesus uh, who protected them as children, the same Jesus that helped them not to bow. Uh, it was the very same Jesus that kept them from burning in that fire. Uh, can I tell you the same Jesus that helped me through my childhood, uh, that helped me through my teenage years, uh, is the same Jesus uh, on August 24, 2009, that come and knocked on my heart's door uh, and showed me I was lost and on my way to a devil's hell uh, and told me that if I didn't get saved, uh, hell was going to be my home. Uh, I would be thrown into the lake of fire. Uh, and it was that same Jesus that helped Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Brother Freddie, uh, that saved my soul. Amen. It's possible. 
It's possible. You say this was a help from Jesus. You say, how do we know this was Jesus? John 1, 1 said in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life, uh, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. Jesus has been there since the beginning. Jesus has been, hey, He's been there the whole time. It nothing makes me more mad to hear people say, we don't need that Old Testament. We're, we got the New Testament. That's where Jesus is at. Can I tell you, Jesus was helping people from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. Uh, can I tell you, He's been helping me from the time I was in diapers to the, time, to the age that I am now. Uh, Jesus is what saved them from the fire. You say, well, they still got thrown and they didn't get burned. I promise you, if you've been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, if you've ever been saved, uh, you've been born again, I think you could cannonball off a high dive off into hell and before your hind end ever hit the fire you'd get flicked off into heaven you would never touch the fire Uh, hell's not going to be your home Uh, and why is that because Jesus showed up the same Jesus that was in the beginning we saw that that unseen hand was in the lives of those Hebrew boys he took care of them as children Mark 9 42 says And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it's better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. That was Jesus. It was the unseen hand that helped them to stand over here with Nebuchadnezzar. That was Jesus. The unseen hand that helped them not to burn. That was Jesus. Whoever wants to come to piano, if you would now come, play whatever God's got on your heart. Whatever God told you to play. It was Jesus. I wonder to I wonder this morning. Do you need some help from the Son of God? You say, Brother Cody, I, I didn't get abducted and sown into slavery like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you know, things ain't really that bad. You don't know what tomorrow holds. I'm going to tell you, there's a, there's a God in heaven that's offering His hand of help to you. How about it this morning? How about it, moms, dads, grandparents? Satan's at the door ready to besiege our homes, just like Nebuchadnezzar did. They're too precious for the devil to have them. Maybe you don't need help. Maybe you just want to come to this altar and pray for them babies. Hey, if you ain't got none of them to pray for, I got a three-year-old little boy. He sure could use your prayers. I don't want Satan to happen. How about it? The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil has a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he made a vow. He wants some church. How about it, kids? God been dealing with you about standing at school, standing in this world. Once you come pray, ask God to help you have the courage that He gave Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego.
You say, Brother Cody, it's a different time. The same Jesus that helped them stand is the same Jesus that wants to help you. Won't you come this morning? But you know what? Maybe you're here this morning and you're lost. Maybe you just need to be saved from the flames. Can I tell you the same Jesus that wants to help these little ones, the same Jesus that wants to help them stand, the same Jesus wants to save your soul today. You say, Brother Cody, I'm saved. I, I know where I'm going. Don't we all know somebody that's lost, though? If you don't know nobody that's lost, I got lost family members. I got lost friends. I've got, I've got lost church members where I go to church. If you ain't got nobody else to pray for, would you pray for them? God wants to save you from the fire. Miss Brooke, you remember when God saved you from the fire? Miss Brooke was at a coffee table off of Cool Springs Road. Got down at a coffee table. Told God she was lost. God told her she was lost. She admitted it. Asked God to save her. He done it. Brother Scott, you remember at Heaven's View, Brother Keith was closing out of service. He said, if you're saved, you've been born again, would you slip up your hand, raise your hand? God told you, said, you ain't no more saved than a jaybird. Well, you need to get saved. He saved you from the fire that morning. Victory Baptist Church on a Tuesday night. Ryan was there. Invited, invited me to come to church. Come on a Tuesday night. God said, you're lost. Song with, preacher was still preaching. Invitation wasn't even, it wasn't nowhere near time for it. God said, you're lost. I slipped on out of that altar, slipped out of that pew, come to the altar and said, God, I'm sorry, would you save me? And that morning he saved me from the fire. I don't know what you stand in need of today. God gave me this message specifically from Herbal Baptist Church. Listen to God this morning. These altars are open. Thank you.